Hey, hey, everybody. This is Richard Blaine with Other Humanity. And uh, hey, I missed y'all, and I'm glad I got a chance today to sneak in uh, an episode real quick. I've got my big bass with me right now. You know, a little uh, bass intro. Anywho, hey, you know what other podcast can you listen to where the where the guy's playing a, a bass, an upright bass, while he gives away all his fun little tidbits and stuff? But um, problem with the, the upright bass is so huge. I'm gonna have to find a way to put it down, and then I'll keep on speaking. Just a second here. Bonk! I just bonked it. Okay, so that is placed now in this little stand. So what do I want to talk about today? Well, I don't know. I could talk about anything. I've got a few minutes. I thought it would be cool to talk about this program that I saw on PBS. And what was it called? Uh, it was called We Believe in Dinosaurs. That was a very cool program. It was on um, Independent Lens. It's kind of what they call that program in this particular episode. <laughs> was about this guy in Kentucky who really, really, really wanted to put up what he, he felt was his calling from God to, to rebuild an ark, kind of like Noah's Ark. And they tried to make it according to the specs exactly, how many cubits and and such. And they they did it. And it's kind of like a place where you can go visit. So kind of like if you're on the highway and you're driving down the highway in Iowa, you might stop off and look at the Amish. And there you'll see they make all you know sorts of furniture and maybe they sell honey, things like that. And they don't use electricity. Those are the Amish people. And now, when I grew up in Iowa, it was near uh, one of the largest, if not the largest, community of Amish people in America. Another one is in Pennsylvania. So in Iowa, we have a large community of Amish. When I say large, I don't know, maybe ten or 20,000 or less. I'm not sure. You know, it's a small group of people, but there's a good 20 to 20,000. That's, that's too big. I mean, my whole town was only 7,000. Pretty small town. So it was a small, smaller than my town, probably, in terms of people. So then in Pennsylvania, they got a group. So what I was thinking is, in Kentucky now, 
you got your people there who believe that the earth all started about 6,000 years ago, you know, based upon the story of Genesis, uh, Genesis in the Bible. And, you know, they believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, so therefore the Bible says it, we believe it. And therefore, you know, Noah's Ark, you know, and if they they argue, well, yeah, the dinosaurs are too big for the ark, but you could bring in dinosaur eggs. So they brought along dinosaur eggs and all these different species, and they put them into this ark, and the floods came, and they were all able to store it all. All the species got wiped out, except for, well, I guess a couple of families of human beings, and so what, the rest of humanity was recreated via incest, I guess, because you'd have to sleep with other family members to recreate, which, you know, the opponents of of this project argue the same thing is true about the Genesis story, is that Adam and Eve, to repopulate the earth, it had to be incest from the beginning, sleeping with other family members until you, you populate the earth. And so that's the story when you read it in the Bible, da 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 That's a little Brady Bunch tune. So, let's just take a look, though, at some of the things I learned from that show. Well, one thing, there was a group called the Tri-State Freethinkers. Now, they opposed the Ark Park. We're calling it the Ark Park, which is there in Kentucky right now. If you're in Kentucky, you can drop off and see this place. They try to argue how, yes, uh, the story of Genesis is true. The story of evolution is not true. Oh, and also on this show, they showed large groups of children that they brought to some presentations, and, and they would train them to say, uh, when somebody asked them about, what do you think about evolution? Evolution, you know, what do you think about this, the science that says that you know, human beings and, and species and bone fragments and stuff are millions of years old, not just a few thousand years old? Then they're trained to say, were you there? That's it. Were you there? It's funny, one of the friends that in my Facebook group that I belong to, he, he says he, he went through all that when he was a child. He was trained to say that. If anybody asks him about evolution, he's supposed to say, were you there? As if that's some sort of legitimate challenge to science and such, you know? But um, let me uh, see what I can learn here if I click through a little bit. Now, the Tri-State Freethinkers, it's an activism community, and what they did is they protested the, the big arc. So if you go to the website there, it's called tristatefreethinkers.com. They've got a picture. It's pointing to the White House, and it says, this is not a church. Unders, uh, underscore American atheists. And then it says, keep your theocracy off my democracy. That's pretty cool. And they got a community, free store, food bank, education, 
social. Now, that is kind of cool. Tri-state. So what states are they? I don't know. There's obviously, oh, Kentucky. Could be Ohio and Indiana. Those are probably three states. See, they're joining forces, and that's that's good. I think the atheist people need to have a little bit of a voice because that whole ARC project had a lot of money behind it. And, in fact, the, the uh, town in Kentucky there, I think it's called Williamsport or something like that, uh, donated... The, a huge chunk of land to this ARC uh, display, community, whatever it's called. It's some sort of educational thing. And they paid $1 for it. So they, they basically gave them a big chunk of land with the idea that it was going to benefit the community. Uh, and in the end, the result was that people in the town have deduced that it really hasn't helped the town much at all because people don't come into the town. They go to the little ARC display, they look at the ARC, they spend money there for the people who made the ARC, and then they leave and they go back wherever they came from without going into their town and spending money in their restaurants and shopping in their shops. So didn't work out so great for them. But if you could, you know, get a chance, go check out that show. We believe in dinosaurs. You can possibly stream it at PBS. Starting with man's word. Starting with God's word. So it shows this display. Um, see what else I can find out. There's a great article there by Monica Long Ross and Clayton, Clayton Brown in, in Science over at PBS. It's called pbs.org slash independent lens slash films slash we believe in dinosaurs. So check that out. Look it up. In fact, you can see the full film there. Hmm. Can you believe in science and be a person of faith as well? Do you have a creation story that you believe in? If you're a staunch believer of science, would you still visit the Creation Museum's ARC? That is the question on their website. Now, interestingly, there was a, a writer from Kentucky there. His name is David McMillan. And he wrote a bunch of stuff where he said, you know what? I'm still a believer in God. So he kept his faith. He, he didn't want to give that up, of course. He wouldn't want to go that far as to say well, there's not actually a God, God. But he wrote that he felt that he also wanted to believe in evolution and science and keep an open mind to that sort of thing. And he wrote uh, some articles about that. And boy, he received a lot of flack in that small area of Kentucky. Anyway, his name is David McMillan. And you can look him up on Medium dot com and let's see I think his thing is called human parts anyway he's got an article how I stopped believing the earth is 6,000 years young 
my fascination with creationism ultimately led me to embrace evolution. So I would check that article out if I were you. Um, there's a picture there that says, Dan Phelps, co-directors Monica Long-Ross and Clayton Brown, producer Amy Ellison and David McMillan at the world premiere of We Believe in Dinosaurs at the San Francisco International Film Festival on April 13th, 2019. So yeah, he was part of producing that film, which is on PBS, so check that out. Now, seeing my own story writ large on screen brought back more than just memories. People who have become fluent in a second or third language have told me that they still think in their first even if they haven't spoken in years. I have a similar relationship with young earth creationism. So yeah, he, even though he doesn't believe in it anymore, his brain still kind of goes that way because that's like his first language. First language. The creationist worldview was an essential part of my upbringing, he says, but my personal investment in the movement surpassed that of everyone I knew. As a teenage evangelist for a young earth and fundamentalist doctrine, I learned to see everything as evidence that confirmed my worldview. Endless layers of rock exposed by roads cutting across the hills and valleys of central Kentucky must have been deposited by a global flood just 40 centuries ago. An oak tree was more than just part of the landscape. Its veined leaves and deep roots and chloroplasts and cells and DNA all screamed of an intelligent designer. Seeing people walking different breeds of dogs reminded me that even though God programmed canines with almost endless variation, dogs would never evolve into anything else. A crowded mall testified that all people are descended from Noah and his family. Every corner of creation was a plank in the platform of creationism. So this is the way he used to think. But please read that article and have, have a good time with it. Now the only um, unfortunate part about that is that he still believes that there is a supernatural being, which we don't know if that being is maybe floating like a wisp of something, is some sort of angel, is some, I don't know, but what we call God. He still believes in God, that God created the world, I, I guess. So he can't let that go. But let's see other highlights from this article. Creationism only works if you compress the entire lifetime of our planet into the briefest of periods. When those shackles break, the impact is astonishing. Now, he, he also talked about in the film seeing a kind of star pattern that was displayed in, I don't know, in the scientific community that showed a trail behind it that had, took like 6,000 or six million light years or something like that. It was just so that the concept of time, when you really look at the universe and and constellations and things like that, compared to the Genesis story of six thousand years of 
earth history between the time of the flood and our current day, present day human existence really brings things into perspective. Because in our planet, in our universe, we talk in terms of light years. We talk in terms of great, vast amounts of years. <laughs> and when you're trying to write a, a Bible story, I guess, and you're you're living at a time 6,000 before, before Christ, and you don't know that the earth is round, you don't know much, you come up with a story that's kind of like Genesis. Oh, there's probably a God and he created the world. And so interestingly though, if you're Moses or if you're the Jewish people, it wasn't 6,000 years because that was they started writing their story about 3000 BC, right? So to them, I guess the flood must have been like fairly recent. But to us, you know, if we're a creationist, we can safely say here in the year 2020 that, well, that was a long time ago. Let's say 6,000 years ago, that was the flood and then things happened. So in terms of the timeline, we're safe there. But let's just say that if you're alive 1000 BC or 2000 BC and you're coming up with stories about God and such and the, and the creation of the world, all of a sudden we're compressed way, way down into about 1000 years ago, 2000 years ago at the most as to when the whole creation story started. There was a flood and, and such. And so it becomes Obviously, it's it's completely unlikely, even now in 2020, when we talk about the story. But imagine if you were telling the story in the year 2000 BC. Then it's even more unlikely because it would have to, you'd have to believe that the human existence just started not that long ago. Which you know that may be easier to believe back then because they didn't have a lot of written documented history. So they, a lot of pre, I don't know, earlier human forms apparently hadn't developed a way to write or a way to publish books of some sort. Although they did seem to create things in the ground that you could see from above, right? <laughs> but that is what I wanted to talk about today. See what else I got on the docket. Hmm. Now, just uh, to refresh your memory, I'm Richard Blaine. This is my podcast, Oh the Humanity, and I'm working on a book. Well, I've pretty much finished the book, but I'm just haven't published it yet. Called Oh the Humanity. And normally, what I do when I do these episodes is I pick a chapter, any, meeny, miny, mole, from the book. I just start reading a little bit. So, what do I have in here? I wonder. It has to do with creation. I don't know. Let's see. Huh. Now I just typed in the word creation and see what chapters pop up. Our founding fathers. That popped up. 
Now that's a chapter. And it occurred to me recently that this country was founded on a kind of belief in God. There is disagreement on this point, not surprisingly, between atheists, deists, and Christians. But even so, in the end, a belief in God did hold much sway in our founding. As the story goes, one report I read reiterates the First Amendment, which has been interpreted by some to mean separation of church and state and by others to simply mean freedom of religion. A report from a website called No Beliefs takes a stance which you can imagine based on the site's name, No Beliefs. It points out that many founding fathers were actually deists, people who believe in creation by a god who is not actively involved beyond creation. It's true that a few, such as Ben Franklin, were reportedly outspoken in these beliefs, but according to a report by Heritage, no more than a handful uh, embraced anything approximating this view. There is also evidence that many founders practiced and articulated orthodox Christian views, so in the end, it's more accurate to argue that the founders held to a range of beliefs about God. Language about God, however, found its way into a lot of documents, separation or not, in God we trust is on every piece of currency, is it not? In watching The West, a documentary by Ken Burns, I was struck by the accounts of missionary Narcissa Whitman, uh, Whitman in episode 2, which goes from 1806 to 1848. Quote, Even now, while I am writing, the drum and the savage yell are sounding in my ears. Every sound of which is as far as the east is from the west, from vibrating in unison with my feelings. The Whitmans were focused on the Cayuse Indians and failed to make a single convert among their people who had their own gods and practices and wanted to use the Whitman house for their own house of worship. We told them our house was to live in and we could not have them worship there for fear they would make it so dirty and full of fleas that we could not live in it. <laughs> so, you know, the Whitmans were there, you know, trying to minister to the Cayuse Indians, but those Indians were filthy, and the, the Whitmans couldn't allow them to enter their house. Right? So, you know, that friendship only went so far. When it comes to coming over to our house with the fleas and such, please please. It never ceases to amaze me how human beings can become so certain that their stories about God are true and accurate, knowing full well deep down that they have no earthly idea. I think of Christian missionaries in particular, having been on missionary trips myself, with many missionaries as friends too, it is an awkward situation when cultures clash, but the Christian faith teaches that the light will shine upon them and many will be saved. They do believe that their God is the only one and is available to all peoples in the world. It's part of the new covenant, quote-unquote, new covenant. Hmm. To go to the nations, it is the way, and yet Indian tribes had their own ways as well. Why is it that people groups all across the world have their own way of explaining 
what they believe to be a god or gods? Well, that's an interesting question. Now, I've heard the argument, and most Christians will argue this, that the fact that most people groups like Indians and Incas and, and whatever groups have their own religion or their own gods is just proof to them, to the Christians, that there really is a God. Because people just know it in, you know, intrinsically. Because it, we're born with this search, this yearning for God. Right? So that's the explanation. Therefore, there is a God, obviously, because all human beings, even being human beings who have not met Jesus, they believe that there is a God, some type of God. <laughs> that's funny. But I, I, I disagree with that. I want to debate that because it's not a proof that there's any specific type of God. I mean, every single, not every single, but many people groups have their own explanations for things that they cannot explain. That I understand. So the Romans did, the Indians did, the Jewish people did, uh, you know, the Eskimos do, or whatever. People have their own explanations to explain things that don't make any sense to them. And yet, as science has grown over the years, we learn more and we learn more and we learn more. We learn that the Earth is not 6,000 years old. It is quite old. Human beings have been around for quite a long time. Most human beings in our century, 21st century, have up to 3% of Neanderthal DNA in their DNA. Now, how do you explain that? How do you explain if our, if our Earth was wiped out, all species were wiped out about 6,000 years ago, and they all came back at the time of Noah and kind of repopulated the Earth at that time, how do you explain that we all still have Neanderthal DNA? Oh, I guess, oh, the explanation is, well, because Noah had Neanderthal DNA. Okay. But what happened between the time of Neanderthals and the time of Noah? See, it's just, <laughs> it's just so beautiful. I'm, I'm so happy that uh, scientists have done a great job of just studying data, looking at numbers. Now, the cool thing about that film, We Believe in Dinosaurs, which you can look up on PBS, is it starts off by showing this guy who, he's a geologist, I think, who works at, in Kentucky a lot. And they're in Kentucky where they've cut highways through these mountains. They cut right through some of these incredible deposits of bones and such. So they find all sorts of dinosaur bones in these hills in Kentucky. And many of the most pristine deposits of these bones were cut to pieces by our highway system, right? <laughs> Which, you know, it's inevitable that uh, we, we need our highways, we need our cars. And there you go. Oh, speaking of cars, my sponsor is DFY Car Shopping. So if you go onto Facebook, 
look up the page called DFY Car Shopping. That's all. Um, that is done for you car shopping. And also, you can go to this URL, bit.ly slash DFY Car Shopping. That's all I need to say about that. It's a service where you you can just fill in a form. It takes about two minutes and they will shop for a car for you and find you a perfect car because they're run by dealers and so dealers are not fooled by the tricks of other dealers because they are a dealer. They know about dealers and they'll find the right car for you based upon your where you live in the city of Houston. If this is all a Houston thing by the way. If you're in San Francisco, sorry, we're we're not doing we're only doing it in Houston right now. Maybe in the future. Anyway, so getting about time to wrap up my episode of Oh the Humanity Today. Now my chapter I was starting to read from is called Our Founding Fathers. That's quite interesting just to explore how much did they really actually believe in God or not believe in God? Because you'll hear a lot of stories about that, that they were Christians. Well, some of them were, in some ways, maybe theists or deists. They, they believed maybe there was some sort of supernatural being. But that, that was about as far as it went for, for a lot of them. Some of them believed in the Bible story and things like that, and some did not. But, you know, a lot of them were, you know, victims of their own time. In that time and place, we were still learning a lot of things. And yet they were able to come up with a system of government that was pretty brilliant. So that's cool. But, you know, it's not necessarily a thing where we believe in God because of our founding of our country. And getting back to that website, um, where was that? No, it's called Tri-State Freethinkers. And by the way, Freethinkers, I like that um, that name. I used to want to call my podcast My Second Free Thought because I had a free thought one day and I wrote it down. That was like chapter one, right? Well, then day two comes along and I had another free thought. <laughs> so now I'm a free thinker. Because what does that even mean? Well, and I've talked to some Christians about this. Oh, I'm no longer recording. Oh, I am recording. Thank God. <laughs> and my wife would say, who's your God? But um, free thinkers... I was right in the middle of a of a thought. See, I was, one of the things about being a free thinker is it's possible to lose your thought. That you're free to do so. Oh, but speaking to some Christians um, about free thinking, it seems insulting insulting to them to suggest that as a Christian they're not free to think whatever they want to think. Well, they are. They're free to some extent, but. At what point do they do they stray from what is actually correct and to think and not correct to think? You're supposed to pray without ceasing. You're supposed to spend time, you know, 
in prayer. You're supposed to spend time in the scriptures each day. You're supposed to spend time in community with other believers. You're supposed to belong to what they call a Bible-believing church. And so once you get past all that, you're, you're very free, quote-unquote, to do and think whatever you want. But a free thinker is free to think about the fact that maybe there's not a God at all. That's what a free thinker is. Let's just think about evolution for a while. Let's think about there not being a God. And so let's think about John Lennon. Imagine there's no heaven, right? So that was a cool song, which when I was younger, I didn't really understand it. And then when I was a Christian, I blocked it out. Well, we had a discussion recently about that, about how did you, when you were a Christian, like when I was a Christian, how did you deal with evolution and the teaching of fossils being millions of years old, and yet you're looking at a story, a creation story that says we're about 6,000 years old. One way around that is to say, well, that was a metaphor. Obviously, it's not just 6,000 years old. You know, to God, a day is like a 1,000 years. A 1,000 years is like a day. So 6,000 years could be 6 million years. Uh, it's all a metaphor. So that's one way around it. Um, other people say, well, no, no, it's all right there in the Bible. Just look at it, believe it, and it's hard to, um, it's hard for them to really get outside of that box. Well, I'm happy to be here outside of the box as what I would call a human being. Other people would call me an atheist. I describe myself as a human being which is a person who believes in, I believe that I'm a human being. I don't believe that I'm a son of God or that I'm an angel or that angels have visited me and such. I mean, I used to think that actually. I used to think that angels, angels, what's the, what's the phrase? I can't remember the phrase right now, but angels, are following me. I forget the phrase, I'll have to look it up later. But it's the concept that angels, angels surround me at all times. So believing that, I could look up and just imagine there's, there's probably three angels in the room with me right now. I just can't see them. And it, it just really reminds me of the Sixth Sense movie where the little boy is actually dead. And he's speaking to a psychologist, Bruce Willis, who's dead. But he sees dead people. They're all around. And so the whole concept of believing in angels is there might be several in this room right now. Or maybe if I've been a bad boy, God just doesn't send me any angels. I'm just a bad guy. Well, I suppose... I just need to spend more time in prayer. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's it's just not being righteous enough. Let me make sure I'm recording. There it is. Well, I think that was fun. I'm going to shut her down for now. Um,
Oh, I got one more thing. I had intro music. Why not play a little outro music too? Let's give this a shot. I got to hoist the giant thing. I brought the upright bass into my small office, so it's it's funny. I'm going to play some outro music. If I could do this. you go. Talk to you later.